difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gonna fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. And welcome back, everyone, to his last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And join me once again on the line. Uh, he'll be fighting. It's going to be November 19th. We're excited to see him in action as he'll be uh, fighting at the Buckhead Fight Club in Atlanta against Andrew Satterfield. He's hoping that this is a start of, let's say, some much busier activity in the last, let's say, year or so. I give you once again, all the way right now, training out of. Miami, Florida. I give you Christian Thuna. Christian, I'll start off here with. So let's start. Off, so how big is this for you just to actually get a fight? Because I know you had something. You were <laughs> hoping you had a big fight lined up in July. That fell through. I've uh, been trying yeah. for most of the fall. How nice is it actually? Hopefully, knock on wood, that this fight goes through on November nineteenth. Yeah. Well, Chris. First of all, first of all, thank you very much for the very nice introduction. Um, it's great to be here with you. And yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, we are looking forward to this fight, and this fight is going to happen. You know, my the opponent which I was supposed to fight, um, uh, Ty- Tyrone Jamal Tyrone Woods, I believe uh, is his name. Unfortunately, he couldn't fight. I believe he's failed a medical or something. So I'm not sure what went wrong in there. But uh, fighting this other gentleman now, and you know, we're ready for whatever. You know, we're just really excited to be back in the ring. It's been a good year. It's been a, a, a believe it or not, it's actually been a really been a good learning year. You know, it's not that I was inactive in terms of boxing. It's not like I was injured or incarcerated or such. I was actually pretty active. I was uh, first of all in the in the Anthony Joshua Kubrat Pulev camp. Then I went back there in February for for about a month. I was sparring with him. Then I was with uh, well, I had the luck to be with with Tyson Fury for a couple of months for for the Deontay Wilder fight. So. I'd say I've I've come along quite uh, a long way since since last year. I'm looking forward to showcase the improvement come November 19th. Take us back to the fall fight. We're gonna go back to this in a bit, but take me back to the early summer because you, I know you were chomping at the bit. It was gonna be a big fight lined up, and we had talked about how hey, you know, it's you're there's a big jump up. It wasn't you know fighting a guy who's five and seven or ten and twelve. This was gonna be uh, a fight where you were taking on a guy who was a former world title holder. What happened? What happened for, against, uh, for you where you went from, hey, we're going to be fighting Lucas Brown to, hey, yeah, Lucas Brown just disappeared. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I must um, give him that, that uh, he would have lost to take the fight. The problem was that, you know, the Australian COVID regulation, as you might have uh, seen on the news, etc., are ridiculously strict. And uh, he didn't have a flight home, basically, from, from Dubai. Or, or, or he said really big difficulties to travel back. I believe back then he wasn't vaccinated as well, so he couldn't kind of leave and come back in the country. I mean, it was all just a mess, really, basically. Of course, emotionally, it's been hard because I was supposed to fight first. It was July, whatever, 10th or something, you know. By the way, in the Dubai Coca-Cola arena, so one of the biggest... Uh, arenas in the Middle East, by the way. Then it got postponed to August, and you know everything just started to kind of, you know, become or turn sour. Therefore, it was definitely emotionally, I would say, somewhat of a 
well, I don't want to exaggerate now, but it was some of a roller coaster. You know, we, we've, we, well, you know better than me, Chris, that when you're a professional athlete, you have to try and peak at a certain certain time. We were in a pretty solid training camp already since, since I mean, give or take the end of March, believe it or not. So, you know, it just dragged on and on and on and on. And then we had to take a couple of days off to the start again. And, you know, it was all just a little bit complicated. And it, it wasn't ideal, let's put it this way. But, once again, that's that's one of the things that uh, uh, I guess uh, uh, there's boxing or, or or that's life for you, right? How frustrating was it for you? Because this was a big opportunity. I mean, being a, like you know, as you said, Ian Brown, that's that's big because all of a sudden you can then name drop him. And yeah, you know, he, he's not the same fighter he was, but it was still a guy you could go, hey, I beat a former world title, world title contender. Hey, I beat a former number one contender. I beat a you know a legit. Heavyweight. How tough was that for you having that opportunity basically pulled from you? Not because of anything you did or he did, just because of the way of the world. Mm. You know what? I said to myself that there were quite a few people that with COVID, they've lost their homes, they lost their business, they lost more importantly even their family members. So at the end of the day, I had my fair share of bad luck with COVID. But let's put this way, it could have been worse. It really could have. Uh, still, you know, it was it, it, it was really frustrating, Chris. It, it, it really was. You know, we went from silent. I mean, we've had Tyson Fury um, somewhat, well, I don't want to say promote the fight, but he, he shouted me out for that fight. You know, we got a massive video that got like half a million views on Instagram. The fight did build some sort of hype, let's put it this way. And a lot of fans were really disappointed. As a matter of fact, once the fight got cancelled, um, you know, I, I publicly announced, to put it this way, that the fight got cancer. And then, you know, I got a lot of uh, messages from fans and friends and family and not so fans and, and, and all sort of stuff, all sharing their, their you know, their, uh, their comment about it. And I, I think they were all sad as well. Sad because somebody wanted to see me win. I was because somebody wanted to see Lucas win. But regardless, he definitely was not a... Uh, he definitely was... was a shit show. Excuse my French. <laughs> no, no, trust me. It was more. I think everybody can agree. It was just. It went to hell in a handbasket in a bit. So, we have a fight coming up November nineteenth. Though, what's the plan going forward? I mean, how often do you and your team want to see you fight? Like it once every three months, once every oh. four months. Like going forward, what do we want to see in terms of? All right, we don't want to really think. You know what, Chris? Believe it or not, I'm gonna be fighting in the next twelve months six times. I mean, that's the plan at least. You know, because six dates already lined up. I've recently signed a pro, uh, promotion agreement with Pro Box Promotion of Florida, Gary Jonas. They've they've uh, made a really uh, really fair offer to me. And apart from uh, the offer, they really give me the opportunity to stay active and to what I'm gonna say in the future venture on in copper mode on on. Uh, well, I'll cover but be part of some bigger uh, promotional, comp- uh, yeah, bigger promotional firms as a, as a co-promotional deal. So my options are open. Yet I'm 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 signed to Probox. I'm really happy about it. So we're gonna be fighting six times within the next 12 months, starting from November 19th, and we're gonna be slowly stepping it up. The plan is this, but um, we also agreed that if in the next two or three fights I feel that I'm ready for to take on a you know like a bigger fight, then uh, we might very well be doing that. Which then will limit the amount of fights, but will upper my caliber of of uh, opponents. So why Gary Jonas? I mean, because there's, other, there's a lot of other promoters. There's bigger promoters, smaller promoters. Why is he the guy that you trust? That you went, okay, you know what? 
I'm going to put my career in your hands. I'm going to put, you know, my future in your with you. Okay. You know what, Chris, is a very good question. I met with well, quite a few promoters here and there. Um, there were a couple of offers from me from overseas as well, some from over here. But Gary Jonas, I first of all met him in person. Therefore, I really had the opportunity to really speak with him. And, you know, we, we gained each other's trust, let's put it this way. And um, he has a really interesting concept, which um, I'm not sure if it's 100% revealed or, or, or public. Uh, therefore, I don't want to spoil his, his big announcement yet. But there is a very big announcement coming from Pro Box. A lot of really high, I'm going to call them high-ranking boxing industry insiders are started to work with with with, uh, with pro box promotions and soon sooner rather than later there's going to be a big announcement is regarding streaming it's regarding uh, uh, um, yes that's all i can say right now. but i believe in the next probably month or two there's going to be a very interesting announcement which is part of my promotional deal and this is going to really be a i believe i don't want to call it a game changer but it's going to somewhat uh, create an alternative to you know, the current uh, uh, pay-per-view and the current streaming platforms. Therefore, yes, keep your eyes peeled because it's, it's going to be interesting. We talked about this fight coming up. It's going to be now over a year that you fought, you know, in terms of professionally from your last fight to this fight. How tough is that for you in terms of, yeah, you know, you've, you've been working out, you've been sparring and training, but it's not the same as live fire. It's just, it's different. You know, the atmosphere is different. The, the way the guy comes after you is different. How, how do you try? How do you keep you know sharp despite the fact that for the last year you haven't had a fight? Yeah. Um, well, I, I I just did my best in, in the gym really, and I've had really competitive sparring sessions with you know some of what pretty much most of the biggest names in boxing, and you know we just kept mentally um, sharp. You know we just kept mentally sharp. We. I always knew that I would be fighting at some stage soon again. Before, it's not like I was out and out drinking and partying and, and living life, as they say. I was really in the gym, keeping my head down. And I, and I sometimes I believe that things happen for a reason. And perhaps I was maybe I maybe needed to settle certain things. You know, I've changed, uh, I've changed management, I've changed coach. I had to just, I had a bit of a messy situation with my team. And I believe that before I was really able to move forward, I perhaps had to really settle those affairs. And now that those things are actually settled and, you know, pen has been put to paper and everything is, is settled, I believe that I really have a clear path ahead and I can, uh, uh, you know, storm forward. But to answer your question, it's definitely not been easy. And, you know, the ups and downs of life and, you know, like the day-to-day -day life and getting fights, Cancelled and postponed, and management and promotion and all it, the business of boxing can be tough. But once again, so is so are most other businesses, and so is so I guess is life <laughs> in general. What makes you keep the love of boxing? Because it's not like you're getting paid. You're not getting paid big money. It's not like you know a guy who plays baseball or basketball or even hockey and there's a minor league system and they can get paid some decent wages enough to making a career. You're not at that level yet. So how do you keep a love? How do you not just look at this at times and go, God, I really hate this. This is just it kind of, it, it stinks and it sucks. Ah, uh, well, I guess it must be crazy, right? I, I guess all of us fighters are somewhat a little bit, of, a little bit crazy because to love the sport where you, well, get punched in the face, don't get paid much and whatever, it's a bit crazy. But obviously it's 
uh, it's, it's, it's a love for the sport. It's the innate love for the sport that I have. I did for, I don't want to say for other love for the sport, but sometimes it's been really frustrating. And I was scrolling through my Instagram and seeing boxing, and I would just scroll past it really fast. I didn't want to have, I didn't want to have none to do it. Um, you know, we have to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. You know, the bigger picture, I believe that I belong up there. Well, I don't believe I'm convinced that I belong up there with the, the bigger names in boxing. And I believe I'm going to have great nights ahead. You know, it's, it's, it's never a one-hit wonder in life. Well, I guess it sometimes can be, but, you know, to build up a, a career or a business or somewhat of a, a family or anything that lasts does take some time and i always use this as a motivation i always use this as a as a somewhat as a as a as a excuse to continue and i know that i belong out there i know that i'm you know i'm like now between me and you i'm six foot nine to 70 pounds i can move i can bang by the way i really can fight which sometimes might be disadvantaged because i'm actually going in there to actually have a right terror but, but i think i have it all you know i Outside of the ring, I, you know, I behave properly. I, I, I conduct myself uh, uh, in, a, in a clean and good manner. I, I, I think I can really uh, uh, be interesting for the, for the crowds over here, both in America and overseas in Europe, etc., etc. Therefore, I really think that um, my time will come. And imagine giving up now, you know, giving up now. I'm pretty much one yes away. I'm a couple of fights away from potentially achieving really big things and imagine giving up now and then you know in, in in 20 years sitting there on your on your couch and talking to your kids or grandkids and saying oh i could have i should have i would have or my god i was back then i was so good but oh, i just didn't continue why I didn't continue do you get injured no not really i just didn't continue because i didn't feel like it my grandchildren should tell me granddad you're a cunt for doing that i'm sorry but that's really how how, how you know it should have been therefore we just you know we like a tractor. We keep going. <laughs> so, yes, what, yes, so before I let you go, because I know when... No, no, no. No, no problem. I have one, one big question I have for you is this fight is, what do they want to see you improve on? Like, what do they... I know they, the big thing is winning on November 19th, but what is your camp and you want to see you improve on in terms of you know, whether it's You know what? I'm going to be fight. fully... I'm going to be fully open with you. So, well, my previous fight, it was a bit of a shit show anyways. You know, I, my fight got canceled in October in Germany because of COVID. A week before the fight, it was supposed to be my big homecoming, and then the fight got canceled. And then uh, it ended up being a small gym show. And, you know, I'm, I didn't have, I didn't have, well, I wasn't with my coach for a month. So I just took the fight because I knew that I would pretty much beat the opponent. And I wanted to get active before the entire world would once again close for COVID, which in Europe it actually did close in other parts of the Western of well, uh, other parts of the world. Therefore, I just uh, I took the fight, but I wasn't really ready for it. I didn't really spar. Well, I, I had some sparring runs in Josh, but I was in his camp. Anyways, um, what I want to or what rather what I have massively improved on over the last couple of believe it or not weeks, not even months, is the ability to use my left hand. Uh, and you know why this happened? I was firing a couple of uh, four weeks ago, and I would just kept throwing the bigger hand, the bigger hand, the bigger hand. And you know, we worked on the jab. And of course, being a tall fighter, I've been told since 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 my day one, since walking into the gym, oh my god, the jab! You got a good jab, the jab take you on the world, etc., etc. But I was one wanting to land big bombs. I was always there fighting with people and really trading and whatnot. And then 
one particular day I threw maybe 25 uppercuts and 25 right hands in like six rounds something like way too much and I didn't jab enough and in the last um in the last round of my last uh spar this particular spar that I did in spar well I hurt my right hand believe it or not and you know we were like five weeks out to the fight we said what should we do what should we do we said all right then let's go spar on Tuesday again so four or five days after just use the left hand so when back on Tuesday and I just used my left hand, it was good. It was really, it was, it was, no, let's put this way, it was decent. One hander against another undefeated fighters, by the way, 12 and 0 with 12 KOs. Um, then I got confidence in just using my left hand. I went back on Thursday and I put on really a performance just with my left hand. And then I said, oh my goodness, I, I truly convinced myself, or rather I'm convinced even now that this was a, a sign from above. This one particular day that I kept throwing the right hand uh, I hurt my right hand, which forced me to use my left hand more. And now that my right hand is doing good again, I'm really, um, I'm really able to combine both hands really good, and I'm feeling very confident in my well, in my in my in my left jab. Let's put it this way: my left hand, I was like good left hook, but the jab was just not pumping enough. It just wasn't out there. Pop, 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 pop. It was just every now and then, boom, boom. I would throw a big jab, but not that 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 jab that a tough fighter would really need. And uh, it was really a funny kind of circumstance because even now I'm thinking back, I'm thinking in hindsight, I'm thinking, my God, that was a little blessing in disguise actually, getting that hand injury, which by the way, now is fine again. Uh, it was a blessing in disguise to get that, in, that hand injury, which would, which led me to develop my jab more because I was forced to essentially develop my jab. And uh, yeah, now miraculously my hand is fine again, you know, a week before the fight. It's really a funny, uh, a funny thing so sometimes life can can uh, uh, you know uh, 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 can be <laughs> well, very heavily shown once again I give you it is undefeated uh, heavyweight prospect sensation I give you Christian Thuna Christian before I let you go where can fans check you out at? where is the Twitter page Instagram the website yeah. where can fans hit you up before your fight November 19th so I'm only active on Instagram but I'm actually pretty active I like to respond and be in touch with everybody that writes to me so please do give us a follow my name on Instagram is Christian Sun underscore official. I repeat, Christian Sun underscore official. Please do reach out. I look forward to hearing from you guys. And thank you very much for tuning in to my fight November 19th. Christian Thin, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always an honor, pleasure. I have on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on here. Only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on the last call YouTube channel. Now, join me here in uh, on location 
He's going to be back in, in the octagon on uh, December 11th. It's going to be all. It's going to be Poirier versus Oliveira for the title. And this man here, well, he wants uh, another say knockout on his belt. He's going to be taking on Dan Inge, and you know he's gunning for that 145 pound title. It's just a matter of now time. I give you once again uh, one of the probably the best strikers pound for pound of the UFC. I give you Josh Emmett. Uh, Josh. I'll start off here with the big question. Uh, how happy are you that there's actually a fight lined up? After everything that's been going on with the pandemic, with just, you know, probably bruises, with just, you know, stops and goes here because some guys are sick or some guys get COVID. How happy are you just to get back into the octagon and actually fight? Yeah, no, I'm, man, I'm, I'm super stoked. It's, uh, it, it's been a tough little um, layoff, I guess you can say. You know, I've had a ton of injuries, but this uh, – the the knee is definitely it was it's got to be at the top of the list you know that some of the stuff that I've actually um suffered or gone through um and, and now to be back it's uh yeah like I said I'm I'm just stoked just because you know I I had the procedure a while ago um and then I had to go back in and do multiple things just because for whatever reason I my um I was just having issues with with the the graph where they took the graph from for the ACL. And, um, at some point, you know, I was like, man, am I ever going to be able to move again? Am I going to be able to fight again? And, uh, you know, I, I've been working my ass off over the last 15, 16 months. And, uh, you know, I, I get to finally, uh, get back in the octagon and, uh, put on a, a hell of a show against a tough opponent, December 11th with the fans back. So man, I, I couldn't be more excited. What was worse, the physical rehab or the mental where I'm guessing those first couple of weeks when you're training, you're all of a sudden going, crap, it feels weird. Is it going to be, you know, is this going to be something that's, you know, recurring? Is this going to be an ongoing problem? Will my knee go out again? I mean, because everybody thinks that once you get injured, like, oh, crap, did I come back too soon? Is my knee fully held? Is this, you know, I feel pain. What's going on here? How long did it take for you mentally just to be able to, Forget about, you know, throwing kicks and punches and all that. Just, get, you know, just, you know, rolling around in the mat, not worrying about your knee locking up or, you know, being able to stand and not have pain. Yeah, quite a while, you know, just because uh, it wasn't really a mental thing for me. I, I've, I've gone through so many injuries and and that's that's something that, you know, I, I can deal with. And I'm, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm mentally strong. And I, like I always say, it's one of my strongest attributes is my mentality. So it's not really, you know, it, it wasn't a mental thing. It was more of a physical thing, just because I, I literally um, could not bend my knee um, just because, you know, I did the ACL reconstruction, I did the patellar tendon. And for whatever reason, my patella tendon did not heal. It, it was just a huge vertical tear still down the, the patella tendon where they took the graft from. And also my patella was fractured. It just had a huge hole in it, you know? It, it never healed after the surgery. So I was going through PT and I was doing well, you know, for the first three months, but I, I kept having this, this crazy pain. And so I finally talked to the surgeon and he said, okay, if this lasts for another month, let's get an MRI. So, you know, a little after four and a, four and a half months after the surgery, I, I do an MRI because the pain is getting worse. Um, 
So after the images come back, they're like, oh, no wonder why you have so much pain because you have a huge tear in your tendon, patella tendon and a, and a broken kneecap, basically. So I, you know, luckily I, I have a friend and a doctor that's an orthopedic surgeon in Sacramento. So he said, let me help you out again. He's helped me out over my career and he helped me out a ton with uh, the vertigo I was suffering, you know, years ago and, and kind of took the lead on that. And so here we are again, um, he, he's, he's helping me out and we go in and we do the stem cell procedure where they extract the bone marrow from my SI joints, from my hips. And then, you know, I'm having to play this, this catch up game. And this is now like six months after surgery. And so I'm like starting over. So I, I feel like, you know, instead of being typically an ACL um, surgery, you'll see people come back nine to 12 months. I just felt like I was about, I don't know, four to six months behind that. So that, that's why it took me so long. Um, and then I just have such a great, like, you know, team, not, not just talking about like the team I train with team Alphamel, but, you know, I, I say just my team, just because I have, you know, a, a chiropractor um, that mainly does uh, fascial work and, and ART and his name is Dr. Chu. And he's been helping me my entire career from like my, my amateur fights all the way up until now that guy helps me get, get to the fight. And he's been working on me every week. Then I, you know, I had my, my physical therapist from Kaim Russ. He's, he's working on me five days a week and we're doing all this crazy training just to, to get prepared for that. So mentally it wasn't an issue at all. It was just, I, like I said, I, I physically could not do anything. So once I kind of was able to start doing things, um, I want to say maybe in like April, May, um, really like doing everything that I've just been doing that, but, but I've been, I've been boxing, um, the entire time I've been lifting, I've been doing PT, I've been doing all these type of things, but I, I really didn't get back into grappling and just being more confident in my knee, I guess you could say until yeah, April, May, June. <laughs> How the hell did you win that fight against Shane Burgos? Cause as you said, you suffered a torn ACL, an MCL, a focal impact fracture in your femur. The pain alone must have been just unbearable in that third round. I mean, how much do you look at that fight and go, okay, I'm even, so, I'm even, you know, impressed because that's just, you know, will. That's, you know, we, we talk about, oh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he, he has heavy hands or he does this. This is a fight where I looked at after, you know, since it's like, He's got balls because most fighters probably you have to have a second round and go, well, I can't do this. I need to take, I, you know, I'm in pain. It's, it's hurting just to put pressure on my leg. Yeah. How did you do that? How did you just go, through, you know, forward and just keep throwing punches, keep throwing kicks and keep putting pressure on a leg that I'm guessing must have been just throbbing in pain. Yeah. And, and that's going back to my mentality. You know, it's, it's, it's my, my will to win. I feel like, triumphs everybody's you know it's a I've gone through things like this before it was it was super painful and I I I did all of that to my knee in the first 19 seconds of the first round so right away there was it was super unstable it it hurt like hell um and then I was just kind of like having this this little discussion in my head while I'm fighting and then you know after a while I'm just like man just suck it up you'll be happy in 14 and a half minutes just do what you can to win um, and, and I did just that, but it, it goes back to my, my UFC debut. You know, I had a compound fracture, my, my bone sticking out of my finger 
Um, and I had to hide it from the ref to continue to fight because I knew I was, I was winning the fight and that hurt like hell as well. Um, but you know, it's just, uh, it's a fight. I'm, I'm going to get hurt. It's, it's crazy in a sense that it's, it's the unknown, you know, it's like, I, I I hope for the best, but really anything could happen in there. And and I know things are going to hurt like, and and I welcome that and, and I'm prepared for that mentally. So I'm like, I've always said, I'm willing to endure, um, pain. I'm willing to endure a lot of things as long as I can go in there and get my hand raised at the end of the day. And, and that's what I was saying, like with the ACL in this, um, my last fight, you know, there's a reason why a lot of you, you don't see NFL players finishing the quarter after they tear, tear their ACL, they're getting carted off. Um, and, and I was so, I was so frustrated because I knew after the fight, I, I knew I injured my knee really bad just because the pain I was, I was feeling. And you know, I had all this, I just wanted to stay healthy and continue to fight and fight and stay consistent. And then I was just, I was frustrated with that. And then, and then I was like, I know I tore my ACL cause it was on the, the outside and just like the stability was gone and the pain I was feeling. And people were like, you know, they, they, they were saying like, there's no way you tore your ACL in that fight to move like that, you know, and it's, it, and then, you know, a few days later, the MRI came out and it was, it was even worse than I, uh, I, I thought, I thought it was just the ACL and I, and I suffered a, a ton of other injuries in the knee, um, just off that, that freak accident. How much tougher was this rehab considering you're doing all, all this as COVID's going on? So a lot of, you know, hospitals are no longer doing, you know, outpatient rehab, no longer even doing inpatient rehab. It's all hands on deck. We got to fix COVID. So I'm guessing, you know, there are probably certain doctors you couldn't go to. I know you had, you know, your own team and friends who were doing this and helping you, but how much tougher was it just having all these other, you know, resources, you know, in the past probably shut down because, hey, you can't go into this, you know, these facilities at this time because, hey, it's a quarantine zone or, hey, you can't now, you know, do this because we're shutting this down. It's, you know, it's basically, it's a, it's a COVID ward. I mean, how much did everything get pushed back because the pandemic changed the way this world acted? Yeah, honestly, it wasn't, um, it wasn't bad at all. Um, right after the surgery, I stayed out in Vegas. Um, my wife and I stayed there for two months. Um, and so I could just work at the PI, you know, I was working with, um, the physical therapists out there and there's, there's some of the best, you know, and then, um, yeah, I, I was doing two PT sessions every day, um, about six days a week. And then I, I was working with the strength coaches as well out there. So, um, it, it was going well. And then I, I came back home and I was doing PT and yeah, I was just sticking to a plan. I was doing it five days a week and, uh, yeah, I really didn't have an issue at all, um, with, with the, the pandemic going on or COVID and things like that, just because I was using, um, you know, good physical therapists that I didn't have to go through like, you know, the hospital and use their PT. So it was, uh, yeah, really, it was like normal. Only you had to wear a mask. <laughs> now was kind of challenging because when I'm trying to do workouts and stuff like that, um, they want a mask on and it's like, I, I could barely breathe. And then I'm like sweating and, you know, inhaling this mask. So that was the only, uh, I guess, <laughs> frustrating thing, I guess you could say.
I can imagine that. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we got Josh Emmett here on the show. We're talking about his rehab. We'll talk about the Burgos fight. We'll talk about Dan Inge coming up here. How tough has it been for your wife in all this? Because, as you said, this was a you know fight which was brutal. She sees the after effect. I mean, the fans, you know, we we see the fights, we see what happens. Yeah, you look pretty bloody, but everything's oh, very, very fine. Every, you know, it's just a boo boo. They're walking it off, and then the family sees otherwise when they have to carry you up, up the stairs because you're one legged, or you can't sleep on your side because your ribs are cracked, or you know, you have trouble holding a cup of coffee because you broke several, you know, bones in your hand and you can't make a fist. How tough was it her for you? For her seeing you like this, where your legs mangled, you're having trouble doing all this stuff, you're in pain, and she really can't help. And everybody wants to help, and when you can't, you feel like just helpless. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's definitely tough. You know how how can it not? But it's uh, you know she she's she's been there since the beginning. She's she's seen everything. I've gone through so many different types of uh, injuries and and struggles but she's been along the way the whole time so it's uh yeah it's, it's definitely hard for for her and and you know my, like just my family and my my like close friends because they see everything they know how it is a lot like you said a lot of people they have no idea they the people have no idea um what fighters or even athletes or just in general what people go through um when they're injured because it's especially to get back to such a high level um it, it's challenging like yeah mo most doctors and stuff like that and, and pts uh if you're just you know a normal person their job is to just get you back to like walking and functioning and i i could i could have done that you know two weeks after the surgery if i if i had just a regular desk job you know um but to be able to compete at a high level with some of the best athletes in the world that that's a fight in itself and it's it's the i put thousands i was gonna say hundreds but i put thousands and thousands of hours into um yeah just this rehab over the last like 16 months you know i was doing like three a days for several months and then now i'm down to like you know the whole time i was doing pt at least once a day and i was doing strength and conditioning and i was working with my boxing coach the entire time and then and then doing things that i i need to do um you know at home with like and, and working with the dietitians i work with and they had me on a diet so i could try to heal faster and and i was trying to sleep and do all my other recovery stuff at home as well so it was it was a full-time job and it's it, it's harder than a fight camp it's harder than the fight um and and then you're playing those those <laughs> those challenging like those mental um i guess games as well where it's just then you when things aren't going well and it's things are getting worse and it, it can it's the pain is it's there and the and the mobility isn't and and all these kind of things um that factor into the equation and it's just like then you start thinking like am i ever going to be able to jog again i i couldn't run or jog for a good year um you know so i'm thinking like if i can't even jog how the hell am i supposed to fight some of the best guys in the world you know i can't move dynamically and then i'm then i start thinking am i ever going to be able to fight again is my career over but i've gone through this um before with some other injuries i've i've uh, endured and uh i don't know it's just it's part of my story and it's uh it, it's a tough one but i you know i've, I've had a a tough go from the from the get-go but it all comes back to my 
my determination and my my will to win and my will to succeed and and my will to you know uh just kind of inspire people so um like, like i've always said i'm i'm not stopped until i until i get what i set out to accomplish so what did you do during this whole pandemic because as you said you're you're working on you're doing all this but you have no fight and after a while you i'm guessing you're getting sick of physical <laughs> therapy you're getting sick of just not be able to leave a house, not be able to go to the gym, not be able to do this or that. So what did you and the wife do just to mentally not go crazy and go, all right, screw this, two large pizzas, those, you know, those surveys says, and we're just going to, you know, go, you know, nuts and just eat ourselves content. Like, what did you guys do just to mentally have, you know, fun when, you know, you're trying not to just gorge, eat yourself, and at the same time, you're trying to work out, but not, you know, break into gyms and get arrested. Yeah, no, no, I've, I went through quite a bit of cycles when I was, I was doing really well. I was like, man, I'm going to be the first, I'm going to be the Adrian Peterson at MMA. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to fight before six months. Cause I was, I was a head of the, you know, where most people are like weeks, a month out of my ACL surgery. And then like, I, that's when you're like, you know, things are going well. Um, you have like a really good attitude and, and I'm always like an optimistic person. Like I'm, I'm really positive, but then some of my coaches, you know, they, they kind of, uh, like tease me in a sense. Cause I, I'll be more of a, a realist. Like, I'm like, oh, that was horrible. You know, cause it can always be better. I'm just like my toughest critic. So I was doing well at the get go, the beginning. And then all of a sudden when I have to go back in for those second procedures, and then I'm, I'm back to like square one, you know, I'm back on crutches no weight bearing i'm in a full leg brace six months after surgery um my my quad atrophies again um then i start to go through like i don't even know if you want to call them dark times but it's just like it's just it, it's not as good as it was um leading up the first like two three months um and then yeah it's like oh well who, i can't who cares i can't do much so then i'll eat like you know like we'd enjoy ourselves. We go, you know, have some, some drinks or wine or whatever it may be. So I was just constantly going through these, these like highs and lows. And, um, and then once I, I came back here and I really got everything dialed in and I want to say it was in, in March, you know, I was working with Russ, my PT here in Sacramento, and he, he was helping me so much and going above and beyond. And we were just putting in all these hours of work every single day. And then I started to see the light at the end of the tunnel again. So I was like, man, I am going to be okay. And, and then I, I start, you know, I'm just chipping away every single day. I'm just kind of, you know, putting little deposits in and it's going to pay off in the end. And, and, uh, you know, I, I continue to get better and better and I just have to keep zooming out to, to really see how far I've come. Like when it, it, it's crazy when I look back and I couldn't even walk down a, a curb or a step, like <laughs> being able to do that. It's a huge accomplishment, you know, and, and doing so many more things when I could do lateral, like I felt confident, confident to do lateral movement. And I was like, I was nervous before. And then now I'm going faster. And then each, each uh, day, each week, I'm, I'm picking up the speed and, and it's just, every single day I was making progress, but, um, it was at such a slow pace. So, um, yeah, but so, so that's really all I did. Like we, we love to travel my wife and I, but because of, you know, the pandemic and because I'm in physical therapy every single day and I'm trying to, to recover and rehab this knee, we really didn't do a whole lot. Like we, 
I think, yeah, we didn't, we really didn't do anything. Um, we just, you know, we'd go out to dinners and stuff like that, see our friends. Um, but the, the good thing about this is, um, man, when, when the pandemic first started back in like 2020, you know, I was like messing around a lot just with, uh, like the stock market back in like March of 2020 and, you know, really deep into that. But this time it, I got more into like my hobby, I guess you could say now is, uh, I, you know, I, I really don't have a hobby. Like a lot of people that they love to get up and they'll go play golf at 5am every Saturday, or they'll, they'll go do whatever, like, I'll go do things, but nothing excites me like that to get up at 5 a.m. and go hiking or, or golfing or, or whatever, whatever it may be. But over the course of my rehab in between time, I started, you know, just like looking more into NFTs and crypto. And, and I've been like, you know, going down the rabbit hole um, in, in those different spaces since since like April, you know, so I'd like put in hundreds and hundreds of hours into these things in between things. So I kind of found a new hobby hobby and that kind of kept me uh, a little distracted from just, <laughs> just constantly thinking about, is this knee ever going to get better? Why do this? You, as you said, you, you can make money other ways. You, you, you've been dabbling with stock market. You're an intelligent guy. You probably could, you know, do even more things here because you were well, you know, you're well spoken. We've always enjoyed having you on the show. You could probably do TV. You suffered so many damn injuries. You've, I'm guessing you sacrificed so goddamn much, whether it's time with friends, time with family, um, being able to just miss out on stuff because, hey, you're physically just beaten up and broken down because of these injuries and this thing here. And in all your fights, you take punishment. So what is it about this sport that you still look and go, I can't leave it. It's just, it, this is in my blood. I need to do this. I, if I, can't, I can't imagine a day not doing MMA, whether it's training, whether it's fighting, whether it's just, you know, working on new stuff or learning new techniques. What is it about the sport that it's almost like your mistress, you can't get rid of it. She's just there and you're just going back time and time again. Yeah, it's uh, man, it, it it is tough. It's and it's like a joke that I have. It's it's a joke, but it's not. It's a, uh, you know, I I also say, you know, I've dedicated my entire life to this. I I've worked so hard to, you know, be where I'm at, and it's still it it doesn't mean anything to me yet because there's only one <laughs> there's only one thing, you know, getting a world championship title that that's like then I'll be happy up until this point. Otherwise I'm not happy. And I, and I feel like I'm, I'm in so deep, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm in so deep. There's only a few people in the world in front of me. And, um, it, it all falls back to that, that, that will that I, I have and the determination. It's like when I want something, like I, I really, like, I, I really don't stop until I want it. And if it, like my wife knows how I am, it's, uh, like if there's some type of project around the house or, or I want this, this new thing. And it's like, I'll be researching. It's like, I want it now. Like, I don't want to wait. It's like, I'm so determined just to get it or fix it or do whatever it is. And, and it's kind of like this, it's, uh, I guess the fight game is that way too. You know, I'm, uh, I don't know. And, and, and who knows? I, I, I just, I'm, I want, I want that title. That's like, like, the only thing when I started MMA, I only wanted to fight in the UFC. And I, and I've said that so many times, I'm like the U it was UFC or nothing 
for me. Like I didn't want to fight in any other promotion. It was the biggest, best platform out there. And, and, and I achieved that goal. And then once I get there, I'm like, I, I, you know, I want to be a world champion. And so, you know, I was never a national champion in wrestling. I was never, you know, I, I never won state in wrestling. You know, I was always at those tournaments and, and I was, you know, I was, I was placing high up there, but I, I, I was never the best in my weight class in the state, in the country. And, and so that's why I'm all in on this. You know, I'm all in on fighting. I'm, I have six people in the world and ranked in front of me. Um, and so I, I'm like, I'm striving and, and trying to do my best to, to, you know, be the best fighter on the planet at, at 145 pounds. So um, I, I'm going to just keep on, keep on trying and, and doing everything I possibly can to, to get there. And like I've always said, it's uh, I, I just have to win fights and everything that I, I want to achieve will just kind of fall into place. It's, it's that simple. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I give you, he'll be fighting. It's going to be December 11th, UFC 269. Uh, Charles Dubronx Oliver versus Dustin Poirier. This man against Dan Inge. And, well, it will, there will be a knockout. Somebody will get knocked out, probably not him. But, well, that's the plan. I give you once again, it is, well, let's we can call him now, a $6 million man. That's probably how much money they spent, re, you know, rebuilding this guy here. I give you Josh Emmett. Uh, Josh, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website, and who are the sponsors that have been helping you out, you know, through this whole ordeal? Yeah, so my Instagram and Twitter are Josh Emmett UFC, and that's just J-O-S-H-E-M-M-E-T-T-U-F-C. I have a, a Facebook fan page, Josh Emmett, as well, and all, all my sponsors or on my website, joshemmett.com. And I'll be dropping some, uh, some new fight shirts uh, for the upcoming fight, you know, uh, December 11th. So I'm going to be, uh, I think what I'm going to do is have, you know, um, some of the guys uh, from this company, Calibus and stuff, they're, they're going to do a little collaboration for a, a, a shirt design for me. I think we're going to do three designs. We're going to let the fans pick two of those designs. And then, uh, we're, we're going to run with those. And uh, so people got to stay on the lookout for the uh, the new shirts dropping soon. Josh Emmett, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always on a pleasure to have you on the show. We come back. Stay tuned for more great interviews coming up next, uh, coming up soon, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on it is the last call YouTube channel.
we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call of the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I want to thank my wonderful guests. Earlier we had Christian Thune on the show, and good luck to him fighting next weekend, I'm, or next Friday, should I say. I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. He's a big uh, He's a big guy. He can crack. And the heavyweight division always needs new blood. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is the start of some, a big jump start for him with him and Gary Jonas teaming up. Looking forward to that in action. And then Josh Emmett. It's great hearing about what he went through and about everything that he's been through with the win over Shane Burgos and then the injuries coming back. Because it set it tells you about just how human these people are. You know, we take fighters for granted. We think, oh, they're just tough guys. They're warriors. You know, they, you know these we these female fighters are badasses. And yet, deep down, they're people who have real lives, who have real emotions, who are terrified, like most of us sometimes, of everything they can lose. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. But best luck for him conquering everything that he went through. But we're going to turn our attention to this weekend. And now it's not like last weekend where there was a smorgasbord of the championship fights and everything, but there's some big fights here. And we'll start off in boxing because the big fight this weekend is on Showtime. It's a, and when I say big, let me explain. Yes, this is supposed to be a David Benavidez versus Jose Uzcantigue. Uzcantigue failed a drug test miserably. Instead, we get you know, Kyron Davis. It'll be a decent fight, but it's big because now Benavidez is in the driver's seat. You just heard that Canelo versus plan was 800,000 pay-per-view buys. That's that's damn impressive when you consider what it went up against. College football, NBA, ESPN, and then especially when you saw that UFC 268 pay-per-view loaded, including Usman versus Colby Covington. That's pretty damn, you know, impressive what they did. Damn impressive. And now they have a chance to make a bigger pay-per-view, I'd say, because Benavidez is undefeated. He's an undefeated Mexican-American who can hit like a truck, knocks people out, is a fan-friendly fight. You put that in Dallas, Texas, that sells out, I would say, Texas Stadium. You want to put it in Mexico, Aztec Stadium. Okay, you can do that. Hell, you want to put that in friggin' Los Angeles, Dodger Stadium. You can literally sell anywhere out, and you can bet that will be a huge pay-per-view buy because it is the young lion versus the established king. It's a big fight for Benavidez because he needs to win impressively. He needs to, you know, keep banging a war drum against a very dangerous Kyro Davis, who he's been in there with some top-level opponents, and he's impressed with a lot of people. And he's, you know, he hung in there and had a draw with Anthony Durrell. People forget that. If you also like boxing, though, it's uh, Jose Benavidez Jr. versus Francisco Emmanuel Torres. You've got Rances Bartholomew versus Gustavo David Torre. All that on Showtime. And meanwhile, the zone has a good card. I'd say their better card is going to be on earlier in the afternoon. You have Kid Galahad versus Kiko Martinez. 12-round fight for Galahad's IBF featherweight title. You have... Terry Harper versus Alicia Baumgartner for Harper's WBC Women's Junior Lightweight title. Let's start off here with Kid Galahad. He's a guy that's been sort of 
on the shelf in terms of the big fights, and he's in a division where you look and you go, all right, you know, he's there is some fun fights to be had. I mean, you have, for one, he is a champion, which you can't you can't take away from. He's on the zone, which I think hurts because you just don't see a lot of that. You know, it's still for a lot of us we watch, you know, Showtime, Fox, ESPN. But this is a guy who's 28-1. He fights in the featherweight division. And I think if you're Eddie Hearn, now's the time. you got to start pulling that trigger and figuring out, okay, who am I going to get for big big fights? And look, Kiko Martinez is a, a name. It's pretty impressive. But look, you know, he, after Josh Warrington lost, they regrouped. They beat Claudio Marrero. Then they beat James Dickens. And look, this is going to be for the. This will be for his IBF World Featherweight title defense. But at some point, you know, if you're a kid Galahad, you're looking around going, okay, I want bigger fights. And look, you know, there are some fights to be made in that division. A rematch with Josh Warrington, if Warrington is ever able to recover. Uh, Mauricio Lara. Um, Ray Vargas, if you want to cross over to the PBC land. Emmanuel Navarrete, you have some fights that can be made. It's now time for Eddie Hearn to go, okay, well, what am I going to do? After this fight, you know, if let's say Kid Galahad wins, he wins impressively, you know, I would say it's time for him to go, well, we need a bigger fight. We need something that can, you know, hopefully get big things happen here. And I get, look, it's this is boxing. You always, you know, crossing over the other side of the street is always, well, it's never it's never fun. But as I said, Ray Vargas, Kid Galahad, that's a fight where if you know, maybe Hearn, I'm going, okay, I'll start swinging this year. He, he can get along with Al Heyman. He's one, of, he's one of those guys who can't, so that's a fight that could possibly be made. We'll see what happens. Uh, meanwhile, over in UFC land, we've got some, a fight which I'm very interested in. It's Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, and I'm glad it's getting made because for years we've been wondering, you know, how good is Yair Rodriguez? You know, he looks great against Jeremy Stevens, but that was his last fight two years ago, literally two years ago. Wow, that's you. time flies, and now he's jumping up. And I get it, you know, sometimes fight gets, fights get canceled, uh, he was supposed to take on Zabit Magoshimbeirov, but he fractured his ankle. Uh, they were supposed to fight this fight against Max Holloway, but Holloway got injured in July. Now it's the big fight for him, because if you look at Holloway, he still is probably, if not the best, one of the top three in the UFC at featherweight. His only losses were to, in that division, one of Volkanovski. The last one split decision, which a lot of people thought he won that fight. And he's coming off a big win over Calvin Guitar. This is a big win, for, big fight for him. It's a big fight for both guys. For little evil Max Holloway, he wins this fight. You could bet he's going to start. He's going to start banging the war drums for a rematch against Vol- Volkanovski. There's nobody else I think you could make a claim like, all right, well, he deserve it. That's the point. If Yair Rodriguez wins. You can bet he's going to be making for a claimer against, you know, Volkanovski or you know, some big fight, you know, because he's going to, you know, 
You know, UFC is going to want to make that because they have been investing in this kid for years. They've been trying to break into that Mexican market. Brandon Moreno was the first, but having somebody like Rodriguez, who's a little bit bigger, who is an action-packed fighter, and you can say, well, his only loss was to Frank Yeager on Dr. Stoppage, and you can argue now he's grown since that fight all the way back to 2017. It's going to be big. It's a big fight almost once again. It's going to be UFC Fight Night Rodriguez versus Holloway. Don't miss it. Uh, but we can wrap this up. And remember, tonight we have a Bellator card with Lynn Vassell versus Tyrone Fortune. We got the return of Cyborg taking on Sinead Kavanaugh. It's, you know, this is, you know, if you want to just have some you know, good fights, aren't there, you know, even actually great fights, which are not, you know, huge names, but. You know, fun fights. This is a weekend for it, but uh, we can wrap this up. So once again, though, for my wonderful guests, for Josh Shemmett, for Christian Thune, this is Chris Carr saying I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. <laughs>